everyone. Hi, Shay. Uh, Shay is, is gracing us with uh, our flute per my request. I thought that we could try something new. We could try a musical cold open. Um, so Shay is gracing us with those with those graceful stylings. So Shay, I'm going to ask you a cold open. I don't want you to stop. I want you to just, you know, keep doing that. I'm going to ask you the questions. You're going to answer while you play the flute. Little trick question coming at you. Shay, how many legs does a centipede have? Lots. Give me a number. Just, 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 you know, centipede, right? Uh, Not exactly 100. Good. Uh, (laughs) Give me a range. Uh, But, okay. um, Between 8 and 40. Between 8 and 40. Uh, No. Uh, centipedes apparently have anywhere from 15 to 177 pairs of legs. And now for a bonus round, mm. pop pop quiz, how many legs do millipedes have? Between 8 and 4,000. 300. All right. So you heard it here, folks. Uh, Milla, apparently higher than Senta. Let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome to Camp Re-Education, an immersive boot camp into the world we thought we knew. We are your hosts, Ian and Shay, inviting you to join us for today's sleepover, an evening with us. I can't keep doing an evening. Anyway, it's us. Here we are. And we're here to talk about our past camps and stuff. Ian, how are you doing? I've been better. Uh, so anyway, for if you're tuning in for the first time, I think it's worth mentioning that this is not one of our usual episodes. This isn't even part two of Emo Rap Camp, which uh, titularly uh, would have followed logically, sensically, you know, those types of things. Um, so what we decided to do today was something different. We wanted to do a sleepover that kind of talks about uh, our immersions. A lot of people have like asked us about this, reached out about this, um, or even reach out after the camps are over and ask us to continue to think about things, which is just physically, emotionally, psychologically impossible. So uh, Shay and I, you know, we're 90s kids. We grew up on VH1's Behind the Music. So we thought we would come in with a little Behind the Pod action. Uh, and if this is your first episode, uh, I just, you know, I want to let you know, you'll probably hate this just because we hate what we don't understand. So why now? Why do a sleepover in the middle of a camp? Well, because we've been having a really hard time finding experts. Well, not only are we having it, we found some and they agreed to come on the podcast. We were scheduled. We were ready to go. And then our Thursday expert rapper, I, we'll just call him a rapper, our Thursday rapper who has some acclaim on, on SoundCloud and Spotify said uh, that he didn't like that our questions weren't about him enough and, and canceled. So we're like, <laughs> all right, well, let's definitely go ahead and send our questions to our next email rapper who, yeah. who then also quickly canceled. So what we're learning. Because the questions weren't about him. They weren't yeah. about him. So I don't know if we're going to be talking to any more emo rappers. Uh, yeah, no, his uh, his stance was, um, yo, man, none of these questions are very personal. When we said in the email, like, yo, we want to talk about emo rap generally. Like, we'd love to have you on the show to pick your thoughts. And he was like, I don't think about this stuff. I think about me. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to give it another week and maybe try and reach out to some music critics or some other people or whatever, and also just give ourselves a little bit more time to immerse. Uh, I always welcome some more time with the camp, which we're going to talk about here. Just like the, the craziness that is like hopping into these camps and like immersing psychologically into one topic for so long and then just cutting it off cold Turkey before moving on to the next one. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. And, and we've been meaning to talk about this. Like, this is something that we'd wanted to cover for a while, and we just kind of bumped it up. So uh, we'd planned on releasing this after Emo Rap Camp, but uh, we're going to, luckily, we had this plan so we could interject it um, to give ourselves some more time to find some experts, because we don't want to shortchange you guys. Um, that being said, uh, I feel like there's a lot to talk about here. Like, we've had people kind of ask about the immersions before. I remember when we were doing Truman Show Camp, uh, one of the people that we were speaking to on a regular basis actually let me know. He's like, dude, I had no idea this much work went into a podcast. I thought people just plugged in a fucking microphone and started talking. And I think 
I think I said like most smart people probably do that for some fucking reason. We create an unbelievable amount of work for ourselves going into these every two weeks. Yeah, I, I, I really don't think a lot of people, even like my family and friends don't understand like how much work you and I spend going into this. Um, I know I know obviously like our partners know and hate us for this. Like God, uh, God bless them. God, honestly, like this has been like a topic I was just like having with uh, Stephanie last night, just like talking about. She's like, she's like, yeah, I really want you to meet my family finally after like a year or whatever of dating and she's like yeah we're, we're going to we're going somewhere for uh for uh like a sunday brunch it's like and i know you can't come so i didn't even bother asking you and i was just like no oh god yeah so uh so maybe this weekend will actually be different if we're since we're doing a sleepover and i can maybe actually get out of the house for a weekend and maybe uh do some like you know uh maintenance some relational maintenance yeah no it's 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 funny that you bring that up i'm actually glad you brought that up because like it's it's tough like it's tough just is like this balancing act of like always having to be thinking about something you know and mm-hmm. um i mean jean's uh a trooper like she uh, she'll often kind of uh at chip in her two cents and kind of provide some new perspectives when i'm thinking about something but i do wonder if especially for some topics that she's so disinterested in it's like hey babe what do you think about QAnon? and she's like i, I think your country is broken and i regret coming <laughs> Yeah, Stephanie like constantly is giving me new perspectives, which is really awesome. And like, uh, you know, I think she's like, I I think most of the camps that we've been a part of, like she's been really happy to like kind of immerse like a little bit. Like what's what's cool for her is there's no pressure on her to do it at all. So she's like, that sounds kind of interesting. Like this is like, it's almost like she has like, you know, like a food service subscription or whatever. She's like, what's this week's food going to be? You know, it's like basically (laughs) like, what are we learning this week? And, you know, so like she's got to like, you know, she dove in with microdosing with us. It's like, she's summoned demons. She's made the adult friends. She's learned all about QAnon and like astrology. So it's like a lot of what we've like learned, like I've got to also experience it through my partner and with her and also gotten all of her perspectives. I, I will say this, everything that when, when Julian moved here from Korea, um, for anyone who didn't know, my wife actually immigrated to the United States um, like end of last year. And uh, she, I, basically made her apply everything I learned from friendship camp and she made like a, a community and like a network and that's how she got her current job. It's amazing. So like it's it's amazing like how much of this stuff we've been able to like apply to our daily uh, our day-to-day lives. Yeah man it's it, I mean it's a ton of work like we I think like you said like we don't do this maybe the smartest way or maybe we would just make it we, we're very like <laughs> for, I, I'm very particular you know and I want to make sure that oh are <laughs> you and I want to make sure we're doing it right and like using like good quality stuff and like editing everything and whatever so like it ends up taking a lot of time and like that's just the production side of it not even taking into account the incredible amount of time we do in like our immersions to make it feel like uh like we're not copping out and just like saying like oh i am immersed in this like i want to like make sure like if i'm presenting that to the world that i'm like being authentic and that is insanely psychologically draining oh my god yes well it's funny too because for some camps i am more than happy to indulge in like in extra time like spend more than the allotted two Mm. hours um, I found myself doing that with reality TV camp. Like some of the shows, I'm like, I might as well just see where this goes. Like my two hours is up, but fuck it. That's hilarious. Uh, and then some stuff like uh, uh, Total Fucking Enlightenment camp. I was just like, oh, is it been two hours yet? Well, well, the way you did Total Fucking Enlightenment camp was also really interesting just because you didn't do a lot of guided meditation, right? You did like a lot of solo meditation. I, I, I mixed it up. It yeah. was weird. Like I, I would learn a technique and then I would apply it by myself later. Mm. And that was, I mean, the technique absolutely was 100% helpful to have the technique. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. It was, it was, I, I, I didn't not, ha- I didn't hate it. Yeah. And uh, but ha- okay. Have you, have you meditated since? Yeah, I have actually. Look at you. Yeah, no, honestly, like uh, I, I've been making, all right, so that's, you know, and we'll talk about this more later, but like I definitely, that's one of the camps that I've definitely integrated so far. I've been trying to, I mean, I wanted to be doing like, I mean, I, there was no surprise. Like I liked meditation before we did the camp and like I wanted to incorporate it more into my life. So it was like basically an excuse for me to like make that into content. But like, no, man, I like, I started doing this thing that they, they recommend in Headspace where like before you uh, like eat a meal, 
like just like take it's basically like you know like saying prayers but for like the secular people so like i would just like um before eating i'll just be like all right i'm gonna eat right now let me just like center myself and then like as i'm eating just like really focus on like the sensation of eating and like the tastes and like where i am and just being present to like slow down for like one moment that i that i have like you know several times a day I, I've done that a couple times, actually. Yeah. I'll, I'll confess, like I'll be eating and like I eat really fast. And it's funny, like Same. when I lived in Lebanon, there was this woman who like sat, I don't want to call her this woman. She was my very close friend uh, named Jennifer. Um, someone offered me a piece of gum in a car. Like we were driving somewhere and they're like, oh, I have one piece of gum left. Who wants it? I'm like, oh, I'll take some gum. So I take it and apparently I just put it in my mouth. And later, like she, uh, she lived, she was my neighbor. She comes over. She's like, Ian, sit down. I need to talk to you. And I was like, what's up? She goes, Ian, you're very animalistic. And I think that's something that you're going to want to work on. You didn't even think to ask if I wanted half that gum. And I was like, what fucking gum are you talking about? Because it was like the next day. Um, but yeah, like I, I eat really fast. Like I inhale food and uh, I'm always done like maybe 10, 15 minutes before Juyun. So it's like I have found myself being like, okay, I've got a, I've got a mouthful of food in my mouth. Uh, it's clearly not fully chewed. Maybe before I inhale this, I should make sure it is. And uh Yes, yeah. that's the end of that's the end of that very weird segue. Well, what's funny is that I feel like the mindfulness can actually help us with like some of the weird tr psychological transitioning that has to happen when we're like doing these immersions two weeks at a time with a hard stop. Like how I know we've talked about this a little bit before, but like how is the transition for you like psychologically like when you do a month of microdosing and then all of a sudden we record the last episode and then you're like, well, throw you away forever now. <laughs> That's the hardest part of this show. Yeah. Is just being done with something. Because I mean, you know, it's funny. They say it takes, I think, two to three weeks to, to make a habit. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really true if you're doing something like every other day or something like that. Like I think for exercise, it's even recommended. A lot of times you do it every other day, but we're doing stuff every single day for hours a day. So it's like by the end of the two weeks, it's become a habit of mine. And then I just don't do it anymore. So it's it's weird. It's like phantom limb syndrome. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I, I don't think about QAnon anymore or like, oh, I, I, I don't think about demons anymore. I'm just I'm just done thinking about that. So it's it's weird. It's like adopting a kid, getting attached to them and then dropping them back off at the orphanage. Like, actually, this isn't going to work out. Fuck you. Well, what's, what's really interesting is I like, go to uh, I'll go see a friend or something like that. And uh, they'll be catching up on like makeup camp or something like that. And they'll be like, oh, well, why? Like, why am I telling you about makeup? Like, you're like the expert now. Like, you would spend so much time with makeup. And I was like, that was like five months ago. I don't remember anything <laughs> about makeup at all. Like uh, anymore. Like I, I mean, I like loved it. I like, you know, I still have my makeup actually. Do you still have yours? Oh, Julian uses it actually a lot of it. Like not, not the foundational stuff uh -huh. because our skin tones are different, but everything else. Yeah. She, she'll pop it on. I have mine in a bag and I actually had a friend come visit and she was like, um, can I, she, you know, it was, it was a really weird presumption. She was like, can I just have all your makeup? And I was like, no, fuck you. Like, I guess she's like, well, you're done with the camp. You don't need anymore. And I was just like, I might want it. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe I'll have like a night where I'm just like, hey, we're dressing up tonight. You know, like, I'm going to go out and put a full face of makeup, put the wig back on and whatever. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's really interesting because it's like, I, the idea, like, the, it's so compartmentalized, you know, it's like, no, like makeup camp was like, no, that was the summer of 2020. That's when makeup camp was that that's makeup for me is like this very intense yeah. two week period where like it was all I thought about and did. And like, you know, the same for all of these camps. So it's like very hard to like. It's, it's just weird. Like it's like a, like my life now is like Lego blocks, just like building on top of each other. It's just like that was the makeup block. Here's the Truman Show block. Here's the making friends block. You know, I love that analogy. It's it's funny, too. And like the weird way these all kind of like blend into each other in a way. It's like it's it's funny. And this is like a dumb idea. I feel like this was the whole plot of uh, I Heart Huckabees or something like that. It's like everything's connected. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like there are these loose threads that connect all of these disparate ideas. And, and it kind of uh, you approach every new topic with a, with a fresh new perspective because it's like, oh, like I just saw this thing through these eyes. And now I like I'm still kind of in that headspace. So I'm seeing this new topic through that perspective. And it, it really has kind of helped me uh, expand my, my thinking, which has been like a really interesting, fun uh, experience, especially because I did feel, and I feel like a lot of people feel this way, 
I, I just feel like my critical thinking kind of atrophied a lot after college mm. because like when you're not presenting your ideas to another person regularly um, for like, you know, criticism, you could just kind of fall into this trap of very like lazy thinking. So it's it's nice to kind of be in a position to be like um, always thinking about uh, like the the. I guess like the production side of things or whatever, or like what, what is the most interesting thing about this thing? Like, uh, and we talked about this yesterday. Uh, we're no longer just kind of passively consuming. Like we're actively consuming and, and thinking about, all right, like what's the relevance of this? And I think my favorite new question for anything I approach now is like, all right, why does this matter? Like, what's the point of this? Mm. You know, something you said in there as well that really stuck out to me is like the, the when we come from, I feel like the way we start to interpret our next camp is like always a little bit contaminated by our previous one. And like maybe, maybe it's like oh, yeah. somewhat good, but also like I feel like, you know, uh, astrology camp, like just coming out of QAnon camp and like seeing these people like attach all of these completely unrelated things in a way that was like, destructive to our democracy and then seeing another community that we you know from our perspective they're doing the same thing and maybe it's not destructive as destructive for democracy or maybe not destructive at all but you know we like i think that that was why we came so hard in like our astrology one is because QAnon, we're just like this is fucking insane this is bullshit like whatever and like i I, it was hard to shake it you know so clearly we were bringing that energy into the next camp and i think that has to be happening right like every camp down the road I think, I think you're, no, I think you're right. It's, we were definitely, especially, especially that camp. Like we were super, super hypersensitive. Um, what was the camp we did right before making adult friends camp? Was that makeup camp? That was makeup camp. Yeah. So it's funny. Cause like, I, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people checked out our Instagram uh, and we're just uh, like, I was like, Hey, want to be my friend? And then they were like, this dude's a cross dresser. No. <laughs> yeah. Which is so interesting. Cause both of those camps, like making adult friends and makeup, we like challenged like toxic masculinity so much. And like, we were like diving into like, even just like the idea of like going out and trying to make friends with dudes. Like, well, obviously we talked about this a lot in the episode, but it was just like, that doesn't seem like a very like manly thing to do in like the conventional toxic masculine sense, you know? And it was like, and so like having that aspect of toxic masculinity and then also presenting ourselves in makeup was like a very, it's like, hey, let's make friends. We just wore a ton of makeup. Do you want to be our friend? It's like a really interesting like balance, you know, to, yeah. to hit. Well, it's weird. It definitely, I, I feel like it definitely gave us something to talk about, That's which true. was uh, definitely a boon. But at the same time, yeah, it's like you're, it, 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 I don't know, man, it's weird. Like you just come off that experience and then you're like, you know what, man, I think you would look great in some eyeshadow. And they're just like, bro, what the fuck? It's like you have beautiful lashes. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow, <laughs> dude, your cheeks, you could cut a diamond on those things. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, it's super, super interesting. So I guess... I am kind of curious about some of your like favorite and least favorite. Like what about like, which was your favorite immersion like activity? Like what was the thing that when you were doing it, you were like, this is the most fun thing I've done so far. That's a really tough question. You know, what's so funny is I, I want to say microdosing LSD camp, but mm. I worry about the way that that makes me look. <laughs> but that was, I, that was just fun. Like honestly, having an excuse to take psychoactive substances every third day, that was a fucking blast. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was a really intense one. Like, I mean, and you know, like we talked about it in the camp, but like that was, I mean, that was intense in a way that like, I don't know if it was good for me. Like or if I like liked it. I mean, it was, it was interesting. It was certainly a fucking interesting experience, but like, like looking back on it now, like almost a year later, like, uh, what I, I don't think I'd ever do it again. Uh, would you, you know what, when we were doing this camp, we had different jobs. Mm. Um, now we're working for the same, you know, company and, uh, we do the same thing. So it's like when I was working as a program manager, I had the freedom to get up, go outside, move around. Like I could leave some emails and like, just enjoy the outdoors with their current job that we're, you know, trying to shake hard as we can. Um, <laughs> no, it'd be miserable because you're just stuck there like waiting for commands. Like that seems awful. Like I had a great time because I did several times. Like I would just be like, fuck these emails. I'm alive. And I'd go outside and like read a book in the grass and just be like, <laughs> so you, yeah. Uh, I would do it again, but under extremely different circumstances. And maybe we would do different substances. Maybe we would try um, mushrooms. mushrooms next yeah. time or, or uh, some of these other, uh, you know, psychoactive uh, substances. Well, I'm jealous, man. I like you mentioning it that that way in that context. I'm just like, oh, man, you you got the the 
long straw. long end of the stick. Yeah. I got the long <laughs> yeah. stick, baby. Yeah, I was like, that that sucks. I'm used to myself being privileged in every way I'd like, but you know, it's like it's not <laughs> it's not fair that uh that you got that but that's fine. Um I don't know, man. If I had to pick my own like most favorite immersion, it's you know what's weird is like I think it's my favorite, but not because it was necessarily the most enjoyable. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll break this down. My most favorite activity, I think, so far has either yeah. been, uh, and I know we're not done with it yet, but maybe either emo rap camp or mindfulness mm. camp. I know they're like they're like the, some of our most recent, but like mindfulness, like I, I really enjoyed meditating. Like that was really good for me and I really liked it. And then also like I'm really happy with the way some of our like emo rap songs are developing. And like I actually like... Turns out I like emo rap, you know, and I didn't know that until this camp, you know, there was like this genre out there that I actually quite like and like makes me feel nostalgic and uh, brings back some latent feelings of teenage angst, which I really appreciate. So I don't know. I think those are the, the better ones for me. Microdosing LSD camp was fun because uh, it was just weird and wild and like illegal. I don't know. Every, yeah. Everything about it felt it, it felt very edgy. Yeah, yeah. Um. But at the same time, it didn't too because we were you taking it to work. Um, I don't. I don't know. Like, it, I, I love that series. Um, I, we were still kind of like learning how to do the whole podcast thing. So it's funny. Like now, I feel like we could win a fucking Casty or, or some fucking award for for that. Um, but it's it's fun to kind of hear us like grow into um, the, the show because I do kind of feel like we find our legs in that camp definitely. Mm. Um, but I think also making adult friends camp was one of my other favorites because like it really did kind of force me to think about, I don't think any other camp has forced me to really see myself from another person's perspective and like the way that, you know, a stranger might see me. And that's not necessarily an enjoyable experience, but in terms of personal growth, I mean, like talk about that, that kick in the ass when you kind of check in on like everybody else in the world that you could potentially be friends with. And you're like, oh, like th this is kind of like applying for a job. Like you to be friends with certain people, like you have to check certain boxes and meet certain requirements. And like just the sheer fact that we live in an environment where every friend you make is, is I, I, I don't know, maybe at its base, uh, essentially like a network or like a connection more than it is about like um, an emotional uh, necessity. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, you know, I think we also came at this a little differently as well because I had just been on the heels of dating for like, you know, two years or something like that, you know. Um, so I was kind of used to just like meeting a total stranger and like putting on my shiniest shoes and my best hat and just being like, hey, this is who I am. Like, this is what I can offer you. What can you offer me? Like, I was used to that kind of like, I don't want to say transactional, but somewhat transactional like nature of just like, what can we offer each other? Just like putting ourselves on display and saying like, uh, do you like this? Do I like you? Like what, what can we offer each other? But like taking that and then like bringing it to uh, this other, and you know, it's funny because it, what, what's so interesting about this conversation is like, we have these conversations, you know, at, at such length. So even just to like break it down, I'm almost like, well, let's just play the whole camp real quick because, you know, like we, we brought up some really great points there. But like the making adult friends thing, it's, it's so interesting that like you can you distill so much into like these short interactions at the beginning and then all just to see like if there's potential for like some common interest or connection. And like and I don't know, are you still friends with any of your making adult friends friends? No, I, I mainly because I'm pretty sure that uh, Tiago moved back to California to be with his wife. So <laughs> I think I think that's why a part of why I lost him. No, but I love that you say transactional because like I forgot, like it wasn't just about making friends. It was about literally uh, documenting the struggles of what it means to make an adult friend mm. because it's a completely different experience. And it was it was jarring to just kind of be like, oh, fuck, I'm an adult. Like, uh, because I mean, I, I, it's weird. Like I still think of, uh, and I think in America, this is like huge. Uh, your twenties is essentially like an extended adolescence. Um, like I think every 20 year old in America is in a state of arrested development. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think adulthood is a fucking scam, uh, you know, pushed by big adulthood, of course. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, and th that was that was very like eye opening, especially, you know, you just got done with the, the hat thing. I just moved back to the United States. So like when you live abroad, you by virtue of being from another country, like. 
that alone is, is incredibly binding. It's like, we can look out for each other. We have an experience that not a lot of other people can relate to, especially within this country. So it's like, you kind of latch onto those people because it's very important to have a network should something go wrong. Whereas like in the States, you're kind of expected to be able to navigate things on your own. So it was weird to kind of just be like, you know, I exist. Who wants to be my friend? And like that, that wasn't the case. And I was like, oh, I had to like relearn how to do this. It was, it was kind of like it reinventing the wheel for me a little bit. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess also like, I don't know what your experience was like in Korea, but you know, anytime I've gone abroad, my experience as uh, an American in other places, like normally people are like locals are just like, oh, you're American. Like, let, let me talk to you. Like they're, you're automatically like somewhat exotic. And so people are like, oh, cool. Like I can practice my English or like, tell me about the NBA or like, have you ever been to Hollywood? Like all the, you know, all these questions that they have, like you're immediately just like, you have like a t at least some talking points, you know, and like they, they, in a lot of instances, they've just wanted me to, to keep me around because I was American. I will say this, uh, the longer you live in a place, I don't know what it is, but at some point, like, uh, the native, like the, is it weird to say natives, the locals, the locals of that area, they can like smell assimilation on you. They're like, he's not new. Mm. He's been here. I don't want to talk to him at all. Like there's a, there's a, I like when I first moved there, I can't count how many times people would just like approach me and be like, come hang out with us. And I was like, hell yeah, this rules. And like, after a couple of years, like that stopped happening. Like people were just like, I've seen this guy around a lot. Mm. I think he lives here. I don't want to talk to him. I think it's just, you got older and people are like, I don't want to hang out with that old dude. <laughs> I'm not going to walk up to that <laughs> was, old guy. I was in my twenties abroad. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So anyway, enough of this. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we still haven't talked about our least favorite camp. We still have a ton of other stuff we want to touch on. What was what was yours? What what camp were when it, as soon as it was over, you were just like, thank fucking God. I never want to think about this again. Podcast camp. No way. Tell me more. Definitively podcast camp. Was it because of call me daddy? Call her daddy? Oh, call me. Uh, mm, huh. No. They died. No, they didn't. Figuratively speaking. Did they? No, they have to still be. Figuratively speaking. Okay. Like they're still physically in what, alive. In what way figuratively did they die? I don't know. They podcast broke up. Like they had, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But they're still like one of the biggest fucking podcasts around. Are they? I think so. Just like homegirl doing her own thing. Uh, oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, whatever. Who, fuck them. Who cares? Um, <laughs> they suck. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Honestly, I think it was just, um, that was like, I, we were too early. I, I, at least I think we were too early in our podcasting journey ourselves to handle that topic in a way. I mean, we did have some interesting conversations. We definitely had some interesting conversations, but like, I just remember like, I don't like podcasts that much. I know we've talked about this so much and it's like the most ironic thing for me to say, but like, I don't listen to podcasts at all. And I, I listened to podcasts way more before I started making my own. And then like, now it's like, fuck, last thing I want to do is hear more people talking. Like, I'm so tired of hearing us talking and editing and like thinking <laughs> about these ideas. Like, I don't, I don't like, I don't, honestly, I want to watch Netflix and Hulu and YouTube videos and like, that kind of stuff. And like, I only want like 10, 15 minute increments. And like, you know, cause we have our like hour and a half long podcast. And it's so hard for me, like from an editing perspective to like, all the time we put into that like I, honestly i'm just like if i can just stare at something for a little while i'm fine so I, I i guess it's maybe something like that i'm just like bored by the medium and i know this is like basically like suicidal for me to like say this on our on our podcast but yeah well that's I, only one of us feel that way i still i still love podcasts and uh it's no secret uh, maybe it is a secret to people who are listening but like i'm always being like hey man check this out like i think this is great i think we should like uh, we could apply this or um, we're doing this pretty well compared to a lot of other shows. And you're like, what are you talking about? Like, who's still listening to podcasts? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you you were the one who like suggested we even start this podcast. You're like, yeah. I want to I start Hamster Fight, Shay. Hamster Fight's going to be the next big podcast. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that name. <laughs> What if we like make it like uh, a really controversial name about like a serious issue in the in the Middle East? Like, <laughs> what if we just flipped it yeah. and no one would notice? I remember. <laughs> no, do you remember when we went on like the Reddit forum for podcasts? We were like, "Hey, what do you think of this name?" And the, the first response was a uh, an upside down smiley face that said, "Change it." Yeah, and then the, our first couple responses were all about changing our name. We were like, fuck, like maybe we're coming in way too hot. Maybe we still are, but you know, whatever. I feel like uh, the way you put it on our website, like the way you describe it, I think is so elegant and so um, 
important. I don't know. It's such an important point that I think you're making that like I, after after I saw you or after you wrote that and dr- like drafted that copy, I was like, no, this is the fucking name. This is like, well, yeah. this is what we're doing. You're like, oh, hell yeah. Well, it's funny because like that's, you know, as soon as you said it to me at first, I was a little apprehensive. And then I was like, no, like, I think we're kind of proving this point. I think this is an important thing to think about. And if you want to know what it is we're thinking about, visit our website to learn more. Um, you know, I, I, and on that note, it's, you know, it's funny is, um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed podcast camp a lot, mm. but it, if I had to pick a least favorite, I think I would also pick, pick podcast camp because everything else was so, so much more interesting. Like there were so many topics that I had never really dived into before. Like, like, um, I, I don't know, diving into podcast camp basically felt like walking into a lot of the stores that I had, uh, previously run around on a block. Mm. So it's like, you know, I was like, oh, I kind of knew what was going on here, but now I'm like really checking out the merchandise. Right. Um, so yeah, it didn't, it didn't feel super alien to me. Like a lot of these other things, I'm just like, oh, I don't know anything about this. Like this subculture is fucking fascinating. Yeah. I think that, and you know, it's funny cause I thought, I think when we picked podcast camp, we were like, this is so fucking funny. We're a podcast, like exploring podcast. That's so meta. And then, Get it? yeah. And then like, <laughs> then like even, I think it was after we finished podcast camp, I realized that there's like, a, there's a long tradition of meta podcasts and that w- yeah. I was like, oh, okay. This is not like anything new or special, but like, but to your point like de- like things like demon summoning like i never ever like learned knew that there was like a demon summoning community and like we never would have met like dakota from uh catlin books or you know any of like the cr- i mean or shaylin it, gray or shaylin yeah who was like like totally changed our perspective on this thing you know what and i, I have a question for you just just thinking about this like those have er- i tried summoning any demons since demon summoning came? no i assume the answer is no to that you'd be correct <laughs> My, no but i'm thinking like um I feel like earlier on in our podcast journey, it was easier for us to suspend our disbelief to like, to, I I don't know, to like let our biases go. Like, I feel like we were like super uh, impressionable almost in those early days. Do you, do do you feel like that's true? And like, have you seen a change to feel like less impressionable? I'm glad you brought this up because I was thinking about this the other day. I I think this is going to sound pretentious as fuck, but I do think part of this comes from like, I do feel smarter. And, uh, it, you know, again, it's, it's almost like this world weariness of approaching subjects where you start to recognize patterns mm. and you're like, oh, it's one of these. So it's, it's tougher. It is tougher to suspend our disbelief because we we're getting more exposure to like all these different ideas. And like, you do start to recognize like patterns of behavior in every community, which is cool to be able to like, r- be able to recognize those more red- readily and, like reading more and learning more and thinking more and just again like that fucking i heart huckabee's bullshit where it's just like oh like there are a lot of disparate threads that run through uh like the same ideas i guess it's interesting because i i do like that idea that like oh well like we're understanding a little bit more we're getting a, a more global uh perspective on these types of things but i it's also hard because i i, I worry that that's like anathema to our mission you know that we mm. need to like still break that and like still come at all these things with like a beginner's mind with like a student's mind and just like deconstruct what we already think we know but it's like how many times can you do that you know i i want to say like i i, I actually am going to push back now because looking at our list here i think you're wrong like uh i walked out of astrology camp feeling different i walked out of wall street camp feeling different like i'm i'm planning like my investments now mm. whereas before i was like evil um I like like mindfulness even like I I got to learn about fucking like Buddhism and Hinduism and like all of these Eastern uh, philosophical spiritual traditions. Um, So it's like, I I, I think I had an idea, but I did like, you know, I I walked out, I left through the gift shop feeling way different Hmm. than I did when I entered. So I, I'm uh, even emo rap, like it's so different than I thought. So I, I, I almost feel like, Maybe it, maybe it's that we're coming into these things with stronger opinions, but I do feel like we're leaving like v- pretty changed. You know what I was just thinking when you were saying that is uh, something totally unrelated because I wasn't paying attention. I'm just kidding. No, that's <laughs> 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 uh, no. Uh, maybe instead for me, it's that I'm getting used to having my mind changed. So like, whereas in the beginning, like coming into something and challenging my um, my preconceptions biases felt very strong and new itself but now it's like okay I'm, i've done it now 13 times like now i'm used to coming in with conviction and having all of that conviction changed throughout the course of the two or four week or something in between 
immersions that we're doing. So now I'm now I'm just like it's like oh yeah, I'm gonna change my mind about this, and and so I'm I, that's the familiar part. That's the that's the habit. That's interesting, huh? Uh, I think that's a cool way to think about it. Um, all right, but which camp do you think was like the the most difficult? I guess. Um, I would have to say the one that was at least the most like psychologically difficult for me was without a doubt, unequivocally Truman Show Camp. Oh man. You know, it's weird. Like I, I have like psychological blocking with Truman Show Camp. Like I keep, I keep forgetting that I, we just broadcast our lives nonstop for two weeks. Dude, I went and looked, I know I, I, we went and looked together recently at the YouTube, our YouTube channel and some of the live videos that are still up there. And I just like, it's weird. Like I forgot how comfortable I was towards the end. I was just like shirtless, like in my room, just like can't like broadcasting to the world. Like just like the most mundane stuff. Like I remember this has been taken down so you can go ahead and try all you want twitter sphere or whatever but i remember like one time my girlfriend like forgot that it was on and like got out of bed naked and it was just like fuck and then like i had to like go and scramble to take it down but like we were always like half naked you know like i was just yeah. like a bunch of times just like oh am i really gonna put on some fucking clothes right now like i don't care that much like the camera's on who cares you know but like now looking back at it, i was like uh I don't like I'm not super comfortable like even just having my shirt off. I mean like I, not that like it's weird cuz it's not like I'm uncomfortable with my body. It's just like it feels like a weird presentation of myself. I think the most bizarre part of that for anyone involved was how often you two were propositioned to fuck for money on camera. That wasn't uh, yeah, I mean I get it. Like look at us, you know. Like <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, apparently, but that's a thing too on Periscope, which is the the, the application we were using to, to live stream ourselves. So, I mean, I, I, that was weird. And you had your whole little Periscope fan club. Like they loved you on Periscope. You know, what's so funny too is like at the beginning, I loved it too. I couldn't get enough of it. And like we switched and that was the part that was so interesting was like my first week, I was absolutely loving it. And then you just kind of like mellowed out and you're like, oh, I get it. Like I'm fine. And then I started having like anxiety and it was just like really emotionally taxing. And I was just like exhausted because again, like we were, we'd made ourselves available to people 24 hours a day. And like, I really was under the impression that like we would just kind of be, be live. I didn't think much would be happening, but right. like, there was a lot of engagement and a lot of interaction. Like I felt compelled to entertain. Like as soon as somebody like logged on to my little feed and were like, Hey, what's up? I'd be like, yeah, you handled it super different than I did. And I think like, cause I, you know what the, the, one of the main differences too is I like found a way to like have my computer webcam broadcast the Periscope thing. And at, at which point I couldn't see who was coming on at all. Like it was just, the camera was on, but I couldn't ever see like who was seeing me, which made it way nicer. Like I knew people like theoretically people could come on, but a lot of people didn't because I wasn't engaging with them in the same way you were. And then Juyan came halfway through that or almost, you know, towards the end of that camp. Toward the end, last couple of days. Yeah. And I know that was like a really interesting experience like being reunited with your wife after like a year apart and but then like for the entire world to see and then like what privacy is in that context like that's insane but no it was uh even weirder too because like some people kind of show their true colors like uh you know some people that were like fun and genial you know as soon as they were like oh you got a you got a nice submissive asian wife i was like whoa i didn't know you were that kind of person that's fucking insane um, yeah, dude, it was it was weird. Like people like fucking popping on and being like, "Me love you long time," and it was like, "Me block you forever." So it was a little uncomfortable. But and then too, just how weird people got with it. Like some people took screenshots and then made Juyun's picture their profile picture, and I was like, "Oh, like when it was just me, I didn't care." But like now, my wife is getting dragged into this. Like this sucks. Yeah, that was really that was really weird. I you know what's interesting is like. Steep was there the whole time and like she got like offered like sex like the sex stuff that you were talking about but mm. I guess because she's like mostly white like there was no like racism you know like you had to deal with like actual like fucking racism which yeah. like what a different fucking experience you know like no, it, yeah it sucked yeah. it was awful and like I, having to like shield her from that like like what are you guys talking about like nothing god so, yeah that is rough yeah um and th I think I, I mean I don't know she also to my wife's credit, she did have some fun with it. Like one person said something um, about like, oh, cool, nice mail order bride. And before I could say anything, she like patted me on the stomach and she's like, oh, I was worth every penny, right, Mr. Rowe? Would you like some rice for dinner? <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, babe. 
she was she was very comfortable kind of like throwing it back and just being like fuck you like you don't know me and and just like having fun with it and making me uncomfortable even more and i was like that's this, pretty good i'm getting <laughs> fucked twice here this sucks good for jugan jugan's so fucking sharp it's hilarious yeah yeah, so what about, so, I mean, I guess that was, like, our most difficult one. Oh, that was your most difficult. Okay, what's my, your you most, know what my most difficult was? What was it? Wall Street Camp. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, Wall Street Camp was interesting, too, because, uh, you know, uh, you know my, my politics lean hard left, and it was, like, this conclusion that I arrived at very reluctantly that regardless my feelings about, you know, the stock market and the people involved in the stock market and just, like, you know, the, the, the sheer reality of it, the fact of it, the politics of it, um, it, as a poor person, it's in my best interest to make sure that my money is is earning money because this, the second I'm given it, it depreciates in value. It's like driving a car off the lot. Like right. the, as soon as it hits the, the the pavement, it's fucking worthless. Not worthless, but um, it's it value depreciates rapidly. So just like that realization that like fuck, I have to give these fuckers my money was was hard for me to get over like that that was painful i hated that i really disliked that that's so interesting because that's kind of like a that's really challenging your identity at some level a hundred percent it's like the the analogy that i made on like the chris brennan show that uh people kind of reached out to me about was that like the jane it's like that jenga block that you realize oh if i pull this out the tower collapses yeah it was like there's a lot that rests on this um so that felt that was I think that was a huge growing experience, even just like in terms of, oh, I have a family, I have to provide for them, like I have to think about my future, like not just my future, like our future, I have to make sure that I'm in a position to make sure that we're taken care of. And just, just recognizing the fact that, man, like I'm, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen, like, I, I got to make sure that my, my money is making money, like, I, I still hate talking about it. And I, I, in like a lot of the circles that I feel like I associate with, I would not want to say that I'm, I invest or like I, I fucking put money in the, uh, the uh, you know, something, something 500, the whatever 500, <laughs> the ESP, the Indy the 500. It's the Indy 500. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Eat my shit. Fuck you. Did you wait? So uh, are you investing? The S&P, the S&P 500. There you go. Uh, did, did you invest? Are I'll you never tell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> I'm like, I know I should now, but I haven't yet. You can take that however you fucking want. I don't care. I don't owe you anything. That's too funny. All right. So then what was your, uh, what do you think was your easiest one then, if that's your hardest? Oh man, that is a really tough question. But Fuck it, me. It's a weird uh, one. The, the easiest camp. I don't know if any of them have been easy to being completely honest. Like, I'll tell you the ones that I thought would be easy. Mm, okay. Uh, reality TV camp. Yeah. I was like, this would be a fucking cake. I was a I was a film minor in college. I know what it's like to watch things and think critically, but I was not prepared for the sheer amount of like physical, emotional, psychological, existential pain and dread I would feel from watching two seasons of The Bachelor. I was not prepared for that. I do like the way you're. I do like the question is like, what do you think? Like, which one you thought was going to be easy? That's actually really yeah. interesting. What about you? Like, what did you when when we started? You're like, ah, oh, this will be a piece of cake. Maybe K-pop, actually. Because, uh, yeah, I thought that it was just going to be very cut and dry. I thought like, I, I, I went into that one maybe most sure of my conviction. And I was just like, no, I'm pretty sure I get this to like a, to a certain extent. And then diving in a little bit more, I, I was like challenged a little, uh, challenged a little bit more of, because I think I thought I knew what K-pop was. And then the more I dived into it, I was just like, okay, this is like, it's not a genre, it's an industry. And that was like a big, I was like, oh, okay. So it's not the bubblegum pop that I thought it was. It's like this entire fucking like uh, industry of like cultural exports that like, I didn't, I didn't like know about the K wave really. And so like, then I had to like dive into like a very deep cultural thing that I didn't totally understand. And also like, just like trying to make sure like, you know, challenge any, uh, possible biases that were like maybe based in like nationalism or like, you know, like, yeah. like internalized racism or something like that. I was like, okay, well I got to make sure like I'm challenging those biases, especially, you know, and that was, that was a little tricky just to make sure I wasn't misstepping to at least misstepping too badly. It's funny that you mentioned the the industry thing because uh, I, I mean, that came from uh, the marvelous, fantastic, brilliant Kathleen Howe. And, uh, you know, again, like this is, I think my other favorite part of the show is like for two weeks, we kind of fumble around blindly in the dark and then we always bring in our experts and it's really, I, I, I don't know, it's 
fun to see what we're right about. It's always nice to feel validated mm-hmm. and have someone be like, yeah, like you hit the nail on the head. But it's almost even more fun to find out like in what capacity we're wrong, like just how wrong and like why. And they're like, how did you come to this conclusion? I do love that. You know, and it's funny. And you know what I think has been happening too more and more as our camps have been progressing? I feel like you and I have been disagreeing more. Do you do you think that's true too? You know, I love that you bring this up. I, yeah, it's weird because I, I feel like our personalities in the show have cemented a little more. Like mm. I, I think... You know, it's weird. I, I I think we're both authentic. Like, I think we both absolutely present our most authentic selves. But it's it's weird because I think that there's almost this like in uh, uh, educational pedagogical approach to the way that we um, think about these subjects, and I think that leads us down different paths. Mm. So by the end of the first week or by the end of the second week, we're usually just like, "How did you end up all the way over there? Like, what the so hell are you doing true. over there?" <laughs> You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Sometimes like where like, and you know, even just like emo rep camp, which is the camp we're still in now, like we talking about like what we're thinking about for the next episode. It's like, Hey, I think I want to touch on these. I'm like, how are you? Th- like, how are you thinking about what that? What are right? you talking yeah, about? Yeah. Like, uh, like, and you know, obviously I'll, I'll, I won't spoil it, but I'm just like, that is so fascinating. I'm like, I'm happy to talk about that. I'm not sure we're going <laughs> to agree, but that makes for better content. I'm sure. Okay. You know? <laughs> I just want to do my impression of Shay when we have these conversations behind the scenes. Okay. So I'll, I'll lay out, like, I'm thinking about this and then Shay takes a minute. He looks to his left and he goes, Hmm. You know, I'm happy to talk about that, but <laughs> that's fair. Let's be, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's better than what my, my first thought is, you know, I'm just, like, <laughs> just slowing it down. You know, honestly, what that, where that comes from, this is like a long, uh, painful legacy of like in my, in my family of just like someone disagrees immediately. The first thing they do is they start loudly disagreeing. And I'm just like traumatized from a childhood of just like everyone like yelling at each other when they have the smallest difference of opinion. So I'm like, Okay, what's the best way to handle this? I like I don't want to hurt my friend Ian. What's <laughs> like, uh, like, fu- it's funny because like having also grown up in a in a, a verbally abusive household, like I I've developed a very thick skin. So it's funny that you take this approach because I'm just like just tell me how you feel already. It's so funny, you know. And it was also interesting about like that dynamic too. It's like I have do not have thick skin. I am a very sensitive dude. So it's like you know it's and that's the kind of I'm like trying to make sure that other people like if they are as sensitive as I am that they're like uh, being handled delicately and as like gently as like I often need or want to be handled, you know? So here's an uncomfortable question for you, just kind of uh, right off the bat. What's the camp that you think like really changed your mind? Like what camp did you walk away from feeling like totally, I I don't know, like hollowed out because you're like, wow, like I think differently about many things now. Mm. Gut reaction, I think it might be makeup camp. Um, interesting because you know what's weird is like I've alluded to this a few times before but like in high school I thought uh, I identified as a libertarian who was pro-gun and anti-feminist anti-vegan like I hated like anything that seemed like liberal frou-frou which is like so weird for me to think about now but like that's how that's just how I felt Um, and like but I also really hated makeup like in high school I thought it was so dumb and uh and I carried some of that with me still uh, into makeup camp and to to have actually gone through makeup camp like now I see like we still follow like a lot of makeup subreddit subreddits with our camp education reddit account and so I see them a lot of times I'm like damn that is some great fucking makeup and so now I like really have an appreciation for something that like like I kind of hated before and like I'm I know like hates that kind of a strong word but I mean I think that's like pretty accurate for at least how I felt in maybe high school about it um I still have a contentious relationship with it in some ways and like I you know there's still like obviously like so many layers of of like maybe like internalized sexism and uh you know the patriarchy that like uh, you know I like have in me like as a product of the society but it's it's really interesting to see how my perspective at least this much has changed and like i think i would still enjoy putting on makeup. like i mean we took some promotional photos at your house like putting on makeup was fun like i I like it and i do and it is fun to like be like oh yeah what can i do like can i try this like oh i'm gonna do something like you know like and how much it changes your outward expression of yourself is is really fascinating and i so i think like that more than anything changed my mind like just that that experience alone was i think a really good one for me as a in terms of my own personal development 
Yeah, I don't, it's weird. Like, I still kind of carry this this uh, uh, prejudice about makeup where it's just like, again, I still, I don't feel like I got an answer to my question of like, what's the better world? A world where everyone can wear, it's free to wear makeup or a world where no one has to. So it's, yeah, I don't know. And it's weird too, because like you said, like I never thought of it as like, an extension of uh, of an expression where it's just like you're but but then at the same time too you're like setting a mood like a permanent mood for an evening and it's like i don't like that at all like i i feel like i go through many moods a minute so it's 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 i don't want to like give off a, a vibe i, I kind of want to be like you know the uh, approached tabula rasa style like i want somebody to have no assumptions about me before they walk up to me and i feel like makeup paints like a very distinct picture on a person and you're like all right this is my assumption based on the display they've put out there so it's yeah well just yeah. to touch on that briefly like i know i know we talked about this like ad nauseum in the episode but like you like even just now like looking at you i'm like well you 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 chose those glasses that's telling me a lot about you you chose that haircut that's telling me about you you chose really choose these glasses like these are the only things that could support frames thick enough for how fucking blind i am and trust me i did not pick this haircut my man <laughs> this was forced upon me you didn't by change a terrible it. fucking barber you're, you're, you're like i mean like the the shirt you're wearing like all of this stuff like everything about your vibe like the you know there's a choice like you you despite uh, feeling maybe like those are dumb glasses you're still wearing them like there's a choice there I gotta see fucker I mean that's up to you man <laughs> <laughs> what an asshole <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying man you are so toxic what? we are what's we're, toxic we're about? going we're going we're going uh, what's that show that just got put on hiatus we're going that route reply all yeah yeah that's that's this that's uh so interrupting you ian <laughs> what, yeah. how about how about you in terms of your camp like what do you think is uh the one that made you most change your mind or maybe make you most reinforce your biases i'm with you in terms of makeup camp mm. uh i don't think that's the one that made me most change my mind but I, I definitely walked out of there like within a i was like you i was just like makeup is stupid and um you know, I, I, I didn't enjoy putting it on, especially mainly because like I, taking it off, like it was just oh, like also cumbersome, suck. like yeah. the, the experience, like getting it on things, getting it on your hands, like just the sheer mess it made, like the stinging of my eyes, getting it off. I was like, this isn't an enjoyable experience. And, like Not just knowing women go through this every day. I was like, I, like this seems cumbersome and like, who knows, maybe, maybe that's a still my ignorance. Like I, again, definitely more of an appreciation for it absolutely see it as like an art form now but i i still feel like it's sticky and and not fun <laughs> but i mean like which camp actually changed my mind i already mentioned wall street camp so i kind of want to mention another one uh, you know it's so funny is like astrology camp in a lot of ways because when we came into astrology camp i was under the impression that like if you believe in astrology by default that means that you've uh you're you don't believe in science that you're somehow anti-science. And like, that wasn't what I found at all. Like a lot of the people who believed in astrology, they had great politics. They did believe in science. It's just, they also believed in this other thing. And I'm like, of course you can like believe in things that might inherently like contradict each other. Like that's such a fucking human experience. And it was weird for me to like have this conviction that like, if you believe in astrology, then you also, then like you don't understand science and you're stupid. And I was just like, I don't fucking understand science. It's like, mm. I, you know, it's like, I have information, um, but do I have an understanding of like what that really means? No, like not at all. So I, I think for me, like that was, I let go of a lot of like really negative prejudices about that. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, I don't uh, adhere to astrology, but like, I, I like a lot of what they're like putting forward. And if like, that's something people want to like, you know, attach their wagons to like, whatever, dude, more power to them. Uh, coming out of astrology, I think might be the one that maybe reinforced my bias a little bit, actually. Interesting. Yeah, like uh, having that conversation with Chris Brennan was fascinating. Um, but also, like, I don't feel like I got satisfactory answers. In fact, I feel like Chris, like in himself, he's like, yeah, we don't actually totally know the answers to this, which I think was really impressive uh, to hear him say that kind of stuff. Like, especially given the platform and like where he's coming from. Like, I actually think he is... Uh, clearly a very smart and like i don't i want to say wise but that just feels weird uh but like that's kind of what i'm thinking like i feel like a lot of wisdom in what he's what he's saying um but the conclusions he draws i still disagree with which is mm. like a really interesting thing and i and i i don't know i still see it as pseudoscience and and um i see it largely as pseudoscience still 
which I'm, but I, I guess I think I, I don't care as much. Like, uh, I think I would have, I came at it a little hotter before than I do now. Now I'm like, yeah, it's pseudoscience, but there's a ton of different pseudosciences. Like the, I think I feel the way a lot of people feel towards like a crystal healers right now. Like that's, I used to put crystal healers and astrology in like the same, in the same boat. But now, uh, astrology is like on a, on a different boat to the side. (laughs) So it's, it's different, but kind of the same, maybe just not as hot. Yeah. I, that, I think that's a good way to put it. That's how I feel too. It's like, it doesn't, it, uh, what did you say? Like, it doesn't matter to me as much anymore. Like, I don't matter. agree with the conclusions, but like, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and I, I, and you know, I will say this too, like um, we, we talked about this in that camp. I do like the way that it, it encourages people to engage with the self. And there is, there's, there's, and I still stand by this. There's a wealth of absolutely gorgeous vocabulary to help people think about self-concepts. And I think that that's really cool that it's just mm. basically this encyclopedia of selves. And like, I, I admire it for that. I think that's really fucking cool. And like, you don't really see that anywhere else. Um, uh, except for maybe like, you know, uh, psychoanalysis, um, which is also its own kind of pseudoscience that I fucking like. So it's like, I fucking love psychoanalysis, but you know, like Popper is like, this is bullshit. There's no falsifiability in this, but people still fucking go to talk therapy. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that like I could hitch my, my wagon to psychoanalysis, but then look at astrology and be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so. yeah, that one's definitely one that made me reinforce my bias. I mean, there's a couple of them though. I feel like like going through like the list of our, our camps, it's like, I'm not, honestly, I'm not sure how the ratio plays out. Like if, if more often than not, uh, I'm changing my mind or I am reinforcing my bias. Like I think. Honestly, just like a uh, uh, gun to my head, like guess, I'm going to guess that more, more often I reinforce my existing biases. Um, how do you, how do you feel about them? Uh, changed my perspective. Like oh, I walked away feeling different. Um, reality TV, uh, microdosing, um, Truman Show camp, uh, makeup camp, making adult friends, astrology, Wall Street, mindfulness, and then uh, emo rap for sure. So I would say like uh, uh, nine, like out of our 13 camps, maybe nine times I walked away going like, I think differently and feel differently about this now. Well, I think I feel differently about like they're more nuanced for sure. So maybe like are the conclusions the same? Fuck man. Like either I'm a really smart guy coming into it or I need to work a little harder on challenging my biases. And honestly, that question itself is really interesting. And it's like kind of at the heart of our entire project here. Cause it's like, how much do you give up? Like, where does the self start and end in all of this? When your beliefs, when you're literally challenging the, your, the, your, all of your beliefs every time, like every time you go into this, you're like, do I believe this? Do I believe this? Like, you can't not believe anything. You have to have some beliefs and like where that, where those are delineated affects hundred percent your identity. Well, I will say this too, your approach to your questions and the subjects is a lot more nuanced and ambivalent. Like my opinions are a lot harder mm. coming into a lot of these, I feel like. Um, so I think maybe that's why it's easier for me to change is because I take a much more like polarized uh, starting point or that's like that's, I, I start from like a more extreme position. So it's easier for me to kind of like reposition. But I also think that's like, that has to do with our personalities as well. Like I, I, I just tend to think like, I'm a little hotter headed. Um, mm. So it's easier for me to just kind of like go straight to a hundred and be like, this is how I feel about this right now. Um, where it's a little more, I, I, I don't know, like uh, I, I don't want to say raw cause it makes me feel like a fucking WWE wrestler or something. And like, and I'm going to drop like a leg, a dead leg on someone. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, do you, would you agree with that statement? Like, do you think that's, that's true or am I just kind of trying to no, I think like, ma- meet you in the middle? I think maybe you're right. Maybe you come at these with a little bit more conviction to begin with, um, which is weird because I feel like I have a lot of conviction too, but maybe, yeah, maybe you just have, a, honestly, you know what it might be at some level, it might just be that uh, I am a little bit more uncomfortable holding on to conviction. And like you might be, and like maybe this even comes down to just like a confidence in ourselves kind of thing. Like I, I like you come across to me as someone who is just you're very confident in holding an opinion and like being wrong loudly. And whereas like I'm very, I'm a little bit like I don't really want to be wrong. So like I will just be 
more quietly, maybe hold my convictions a little more quietly because in, uh, in just in case I am wrong. I can see that, but it's funny because I also, I, I think when we were, uh, I don't know, like drafting up the outline of the show, I, I wanted that to be kind of at the forefront. I wanted it to be like, you know, being wrong is a huge part of learning. And I think that if we can show that like, yeah, it's fun to be wrong. Like, oh, I was wrong. That's fucking hilarious. Like, yeah. I think like, it's weird because we're kind of like there's a there's a climate right now where like being wrong could mean like the end of your fucking career, like your your presence on the Internet. Um, so I feel like everyone is like tiptoeing around their opinions now. And like, I think provided your opinions aren't like, you know, consciously or actively, you know, hurting anybody, the, the intent isn't to hurt someone. I think it's fine to be wrong loud. And it's funny because I think so far, the only time we were in a position to hurt feelings was demon summoning camp and astrology camp, probably because those were like the closest things to religion. Yeah, man, it's it's a really fucking weird thing to do. I think that's I think you're absolutely right that the project is important in in the exact sense that like we need to be able to challenge each other in a way that doesn't end, uh, you know, the conversation. Because I think that that's what happens. It's like thought terminating cliche after thought terminating cliche. And then all of a sudden, everyone's just shouting talking points at someone. And if you don't have the same talking points, then you're not part of the club, which um, is problematic because, I mean, it doesn't like change anyone. And like, I know like some people think like, well, you're not going to change anyone. Well, certainly not with that attitude, sir or madam. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, it's, it is a really, it's been a really interesting question and it's been fascinating to do it. Yeah. It's, I, don't, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I'm tired. You know, fuck it. I was going to try to come up with a poignant response, but yeah, I agree. Whatever. Uh, no, but uh, it, it's true. And like, I, I don't know, man. I, I love the project because again, like it's it's weird, man. It's, it's hard. I, I think maybe this is a conversation people have. Maybe uh, it's a conversation we need to have more, but I really do think that there is, it's tragic that we live in a world where people think education should be you know, unaffordable or like having it be expensive for some people is unfair. This idea that like, well, not everyone needs to go to college. Everyone should be able to like get a higher education if they want, because the amount of critical thinking that you're able to do there is fucking phenomenal. And I haven't felt this like alive with critical thinking since I was 22 years old mm. uh, at UF with you. Um, so it, it's like, it, it it's despairing, like how you can just fall into these rote uh, modes of being and just not question things like you just kind of you, you sink into your convictions and you're like all right well like this is who i am this is what i believe and like when you're confronted with things that contradict the way you see the world like you go into a a, a fight or flight response and it, it's it's nice to kind of have been able to pull ourselves out of that and be in a position to like re-engage with the world critically again like i, I you know I, everyone should have some sort of creative project that enables them to do that it's been a really fun amazing experience like i love it but on that note i, I kind of want to ask you like we've done 13 camps out of all of these i mean i know we're halfway through email camp wh which one felt like feels incomplete because there one camp that you left where you're just like god damn it there's so much more i wanted to say that i didn't get to say dude it feels like every camp it's like that. It's like we we wrap up the last episode and then like it goes back to what we we're saying like at the beginning of this episode where it's like, fuck, psychologically, it's just like a door comes down. And like we especially like the times where we've ended one immersion and then immediately started the next. Like it's like oh you're, it's like you have fucking whiplash. You're like, what is happening? Like, I'm not ready to start thinking about this other thing yet. Like I have so many unresolved thoughts and especially when like the comments come through on Instagram or like messages and then we're, they're like, oh, you, you like, we still get astrology ones, you know? And it's like, it's like, yeah. I, I cannot afford to think about astrology right now on, on some levels. It's like, I am a hundred percent psychologically an emo rap. Like you want to yeah. talk to me about astrology. It's like, I can't. Um, oh yeah. Like people will still send us articles and stuff and be like, Hey, like, I think you should read this. And it's like, oh, dude, that was four camps ago, man. Like I am uh, like, you're giving me directions to the market square in Morocco and I'm, I'm in fucking Alaska right now, dude. Like these do not apply. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really tricky, man. So, uh, I guess like, how about you, man? Which, uh, which, which camp feels incomplete? You know, it's a, I think honestly, I think it's friendship camp because like we made, we made like lingering human connections and then it's just like, you know, I, I don't know if I ever saw Tiago again after the camp. Dude. Uh, you know, what's funny is, so we didn't talk about this earlier on, but like I did make, uh, I made three friends through making friendship camp or uh, making adult friends camp. And the, th and I ended up hanging out with um, 
all of them after the camp at least a few times. Um, one of one of our one of my friends, Josh, like uh, eventually I stopped uh, like he reached out and I just like didn't reach back out, like wasn't in the mood to hang out then. And then like neither of us ever reached out again. And I, th- I think that's probably where it's at because we were basically just drinking buddies. And then uh, but I did reach out to uh, my friend Chris recently invited him over for uh, him and his wife over for for drinks. So I, I think that friendship might actually live on which is exciting. I, I That's know, really cool. Yeah. Which I think it's really cool too. And not just, I mean, I think he's a cool guy. So it's like, it's, it's cool. Cause it's like, it's, you know, it's a uh, historical context in terms of the podcast, but uh, also like, it was cool that it worked that we did make, fr- uh, you know, like did make a friend. And I know obviously the experience for you was a lot different in, in Boston versus the, the pool on uh, Bumble BFF in New York. But uh, it was, it was yeah. certainly an interesting one. No, I, I think that's great too. And like, yeah, I think, and it's, it's funny too. Cause like literally the last time I hung out with Tiago, like we had a great time, man. Like we met up with another dude from like the, the app, like we had a great, we hung out in this park, like drinking and talking. And then like afterward we were like, it had to be like 11 o'clock at night. And we're like, dude, let's get some chicken wings. And like, we found a place selling chicken wings. We bought them. We went to this other park and like, we're like eating on this park bench, talking about like politics and life. And you know, it was, it was a great time. It's like one of those things and it was summer too. So it's like, God, like this is fucking fun. Like I'm having a great time. And then like, I think he moved to New Jersey uh, and I think based on what I've seen from his Instagram and he's, uh, he's back in California. So it's like, you know, it, it stinks a little bit because I felt like there was something, you know, like something there. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah. So like that for me, it's just like, there's this weird part of friendship camp that, that like lingers kind of, that makes it feel incomplete. Just out of curiosity, does it feel like, um, when you've maybe had like a fling, like you start dating someone and it's kind of like over before it started. Like, do you feel like a similar, like emotional response to that? Yeah, a little bit. There's like this like bittersweetness to it. It's like, oh man, like we, we could have been great together, but you know, we're just like ships passing in the night. Yeah. That is, that is really uh, kind of beautiful in its own way. Like I really do appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I guess like the good news going forward is we have some amazing ideas lined up for our future camps that i could not be more excited about man like i really uh cannot wait I, you know and it's like i want to start naming them but i really want to keep Don't, i want to keep it yeah. keep them on their toes yeah yeah but uh i will just let you know listeners you are in for some amazing fucking ideas for the rest of season two like we are super stoked with some ideas we wanted to do in season one but for one reason or another just couldn't do it so uh we are stoked and you should be too and then as a little teaser, uh, let's just say that listeners are in for a real treat for the next camp. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> um, but I guess that's that's basically it for this episode. Uh, don't forget, we're still in, right in the middle of emo rap camp. So uh, we got our music done. We have some uh, like we're doing pretty good on these songs. We've got at least two songs that are basically done front to back that we are stoked to share with you guys next week. We're going to try and find some experts. Uh, R.I.P. The experts that bailed on us uh, will never forgive you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I guess, yeah, anything else you want to say, Ian, before we wrap it up for today? You know, no, as usual, I love you. Um, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to our socials because, uh, again, uh, the the bigger that number is on Instagram, the higher the likelihood that we will get some fantastic guests for you. So we see the download numbers. We know you are there. Stop hiding from us. Nice. Nothing like shaming our audience before <laughs> saying goodbye for the You've day. You've been shamed. All right, Ian. Well, uh, I love you so much. Episode over. listening to this week's episode to hear more great content don't forget to join our patreon and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts theme song written by retrolux here at camp we love talking over good music if you want to hear some of our amazing songs please check out all of our featured artists on our spotify playlist we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did don't forget to follow us on instagram twitter and everywhere else and stay tuned for next camp where we continue our dive into the world of emo rap